Blog Talk Radio.
Mayan Hotel, Grand Rising, and Better Love. You are listening to the Truth to Power Show. I'm Beverly, and we have Byron Rice in the house with us tonight. How are you doing, Mr. Rice? Oh, I am feeling great. There's so many things going on and showing you how to make money and how to get rid of the cords. And, oh, my gosh, there's so much stuff coming at me. Um. Me and my friend, Eon, some of, some of you may know Eon. Uh, we, we're working together on some things, and foreclosures are not supposed to be in court. And maybe mm-hmm. we'll talk about it if someone has a foreclosure problem. We'll talk about it, but I don't want to get off subject or whatever everyone wants to speak on. I noticed you sent me something on bonds. Is that a subject you want to speak on? No, I mean no. You, the, whatever you want to go, we we here. Um, the well, floor I'm is your office, so I'm just yeah. I'm just, I'm letting people pretty, pretty much. You can ask the questions like we used to do. Just turn it on and see if anyone have any questions, and go mm-hmm. that way like we did in old school time. <laughs> well, we got. I, we don't have, have, I have. have, have, have uh huh. Yeah, I have so much information. It's ridiculous that the things I got in my head and uh, what has to be done. I could do, I can do one success story that happened uh, just this past Monday. Um, I okay. was telling a young lady, uh, 36-year-old, uh, she had a car and her, she was getting on with her mother insurance or something, and they were going to be paying $125 together because of multiple cars. And I said, oh, no, dear, go to surety, go to surety bonds direct and get a bond on your title. And Sunday, she, I mean, she went Friday and got the bond. And she, it was, I paid $100. It's for three years. So back in the, when I did it, it was three years for $100. She had to pay $375 for three years. And just this uh, past Monday, she went down to the Secretary of State and got her tax. So she paid wow. $375 for three years. And, uh, you know, I, I said, you need to go talk to your mom. You know, it's funny how our people don't believe it until you, they can see it. Now she goes right. and say, see, Mom, I got your tax. This is the insurance that I went to the Secretary of State with. And I'm not paying, I don't have to pay $125, even though that's like three months of payments for $375, you know, you made three months payment. After that, you it's all yours. You you don't have to pay nothing, not a dime. And some, you know, people I've been doing that, some people are paying that for one month. Thank are you. Are they ripping people Thank off you. with that insurance? And she got it for three years? For three years. When you go to the site, you'll have that insurance for that bond. See, bonds are important. Bonds mm-hmm. are insurance. It's just another way of bonding. And you're bonding, the, you are bonding the title to the vehicle, the vehicle title. So guess what? Nobody can tow it. It's bonded. Bonds is replacement for actually cash. If you have a bond on yourself, that's why I thought you were going to speak on bond. I have yeah. a bond. 
There was a bond that you could put on yourself. And back in the day, I had friends, they would get traffic tickets and stuff like that. There was three uh, forms you fill out, optional form 90, which is a release the lien on the real estate. That's your body. And then there was a nine, optional form 91, release the lien on the real estate in escrow. That would be whatever goods you had, like your car, your house, whatever they holding. And then there's a, a form 28, standard form 28, which basically says that the DTC is the one that got all your, your birth certificate and all the money is at the DTC, you know. That's where your birth certificate is held at. Those three forms and a nice yeah. cover letter mm-hmm. was I was able to, when they, I, I had like 12 people I know of, went in there, they, they, some of them didn't even have to go in the courtroom. When they walked in and signed in, they had them come out in the hallway and, and uh, um, the police or whatever, whoever the sheriff or whatever, says your case been dismissed. Mm. Now They want federal uh, votes. Right. And so you're and, telling that, so what, what people, what's the difference is, is they operating as a private or public, is it, you know, and or they just got to know he, how to use bonds instead of using the fiat? Yeah, bonds or, uh, and if you read, uh, remember 18 U.S.C. 8, which I consider that the Bible, 18 U.S.C. 8, telling you that bonds, all bonds and, and Federal Reserve notes and bills and coupons, all these things are get, uh, are belong to the United States. So you you public, but you you using the, what they call G, those are GSA bonds, the ones I gave you, Option for 90, 91. And uh, the uh, standard form 28. Now, what the 90 did, what the optional form 90 did, is they could not arrest you. You could not be held in jail because you had a bond on yourself. Well, guess what? Go to the GSA now. They took it off. That was something I was using. People would get dismissed. They took it off of the GSA. But the bond, the wording, you can still use it. I got the bond, I just got the bond, and I just changed the letter. Now it's not called Option Form Nine uh, Ninety. It's called MCR Minor Child's Rights Ninety. MCR Ninety, <laughs> and it's amended. It's amended. Mm-hmm. This is not the wording in the bond does not change what it does. Just because they don't have GSA, GSA don't want you to get it readily, easily, they can't mm-hmm. throw you in jail because you got a bond on yourself. So buy yourself. And you could go to other companies and get a bond, bail bondsmen. You know, they bond you all the time. They have other companies that bail you out where you don't go to jail. However, if, they, if the um, corporation uses the bond to take money out of the bond, then you're going to have to make arrangement with that corporation to pay them back, the bonding company. You're going to have to write, make some arrangements to pay them back. You don't go to jail, but you still would have to pay them back because 
fake issue the bond and the court, the uh, creditor used it or the court used it. Well, guess what? The 90 is off your birth certificate. So guess who you pay back? Nobody. Nobody has to get paid back because it's your bond. It's off of your birth certificate. And your birth certificate it's, is the bond. It's, is it that is a bond? A bond. The numbers, the register is a registered bond when it goes to vital statistic and they put a registered number on there, which usually start off with the area code of your state. Michigan, we got one two one dash. If you look in in our in our birth certificate, the upper left hand corner. They have uh, these one two one is written in there because that's an area code. Every state has an area code. That's how people know where you was born at. So it has an area code, and then there's a dash after that. It's usually the year you were born, and then there's another dash, and the number after that is the number uh, you were born in the county. Who what number you were in the county of that month? I believe is what that third mm-hmm. number is, is represents. I'm not so sure, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. As long as the second number, which is your year, is on there because your birth record at the hospital doesn't have anything at the area code. That is how you determine the birth record as opposed to the birth certificate. So, so when, we you were born, born, with, when you were born and they ahead. gave you your your birth, what, they, what you got from the hospital was your birth record so that don't have uh, the the numbers on there but then when they took and turned it into a bond that's when they put the numbers on there is that that's right when they register right when when the registrar registered you at the secretary of state office in vital statistics they put a number on there and that's basically what all these people are coming after they want that number, and they get it through going through the Social Security to get to that number that's on your bond. Mm-hmm. So okay. I'm just saying, you you can walk the walk and talk the talk, and basically they can't touch you they, as long as you bond it. And I, I've seen, listen, in some videos, they tell you, you know, don't ever go to court unless you are bonded. You can't even go to court. Matter of fact, even when you open up a court case, you have to bond the case because someone might get damaged. If someone get damaged, they someone's gonna have to pay for it, and they're not coming out of anybody's mm-hmm. pocket. The bonding company would pay for it. Uh, a notary is bonded for ten thousand dollars if she does something to screw up whatever she notarized or something that happened. Her, it comes out of her bond. We need to be looking at these judges. Judges have bonds. People, you're going to court, and if the judge's, judge is not being right, if he's being unethical, won't accept some information you gave him, won't be ignorant, well, then, uh, what's your bond? I, I, I got your bonding. I need your bond number so I can go to your bonding company and report you. If enough people report the, the judge on his bond, he loses his bond. If he loses bond, he loses his job. So if you mm-hmm. get several people going and reporting this judge to at his bonding company, he loses his job. They can't have a job unless they bonded. 
Right. So, so have that information before you go in the courtroom. Your Honor, you're being dishonest here. You're not accepting what my evidence. I'm giving you evidence of what's going on, and you're not going to accept it? Well, maybe your, maybe your bonding company would pay me because you're damaging me by not doing that. You're telling me to come out of my pocket for something that I've already told you was already handled or taken care of, which is what's happening with your mortgage. is now proven. You can now prove uh, through law, through law, that that promissory note that you signed was a check that required that the uh, uh, banks had to turn to the treasurers to get paid. It is required that they pay you and deposit money back into that bank or whatever that promissory note had on it. Now we have found it. Eon, look at, listen to some of Eon's latest videos, and he's telling you, how that is a law. It's, it's the order of the Federal Reserve Board, Federal Reserve Board of Governors. That is who gives the money to the Federal Reserve Bank, which in turn give it to the federal, uh, the local federal agents, which is your bank. So there's a process, there's some there's procedures. And as they're saying, I just got three Supreme Court cases that says the Federal Reserve Board of Governors can write regulations. They can regulate things. So they have regulated already how things are going to be distributed. They deposit, when I say they, the creditors, the banks, there was a deposit in your name because your name is the only one they can get the money from when they when you fill out the application. They have an application called Operating Circular number 10, and they have a uh, uh, your promissory note with your signature. That allows them to go to the treasury and get some funds. The funds go to the board of governors. The board of governors give it to the Federal Reserve Banks, and the Federal Reserve Banks put their little stamp on there. That's why you see every bank has a stamp, A, a through, I don't know, Z. It's 12 banks, whatever the letters in alphabets, first 12 letters. It's is on the dollar bills. So they have to put their, each bank put their stamp on there, and then they give it to the local Federal Reserve Bank, which is your local bank that you, you know, deposit your funds in. So money was deposited in your name. What they didn't do is tell you that there was some money deposited for you, for your house, for your car, for your student loan, for, for your credit, all this, all, every single loan, the funds was deposited in your account at that bank. Your house was paid for when you signed the promissory note. Your student loan, they were paid for. Your credit card, they were paid for. Now, I'm hoping you got people listening. What? This is this is this is dynamic. Yes. Now, they are like for your car, for your house. When you don't pay your note, they come and repossess your car or foreclose on your home. But that's illegal because can you tell them the difference between goods and and promissory notes? 
what they're doing. Yeah. I, I mean, if you got the law, if you go back and look at the Federal Reserve Act, now this was done in 1913, the Federal Reserve Act, Section, uh, section 16, Paragraph 2 and Paragraph 4. Federal Reserve Act of 1913, Section 16, Paragraph 2 and Paragraph 4, talks about the promissory note and the application. And with those two items, they are told they will get money from the Federal Reserve, from the Treasurer. They will get the funds from the treasurer. They have to do it. That's the law. That's the what they. That's the process they must. They must act on. And that means that when they get it in their hands, and they're supposed to put it in the bank, but they never told you that there was that you had paid for your house and car, and then they're telling you you owe monthly payments. How can you owe something that was already paid for? So, so you're we, talking we about became, the, you're talking about the banks that gave you the loan for the house and the car and the and the and for your car. You're talking about those people already got the money, but they didn't never tell you that they got it. So they're making you pay twice. Exactly. They never said. Oh, this was deposit. You know, when you go put money in the bank, don't they give you a deposit slip? Yeah. Yeah, but they didn't give you a deposit slip when that was done. But it was in your name. It was for you. So So how is it that they can? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I I was just saying. Well, how can how can they come and take your house and take your car? If it's already been paid for, you don't because, because they didn't tell you or what? You don't know yeah, the process. That, it, it, you, you, that you got that, I hate to say it, but we have this public school education that don't even, I'm sorry, don't even show you how to balance your checkbook in school. Anyone has, was able to get the show, someone show in class in the public school, in the college, of how to balance a checkbook. No, you don't have no, they don't teach us finances. You know, we are basically slaves. We are U.S. citizens. You are a slave of a system that is deliberately got you down, and these corporations, and they are all corporations, are only out to make money, including the judges. They're part of a corporation, including that police officer that stopped you on the street Excuse me, sir, did you not take an oath of office for your position? Uh, yes. That means you're supposed to serve the public. You're supposed to be helping me. However, you got a business card that you belong to a private corporation to make the money. And we know nobody can serve two masters. That's what they're doing. If you in court and for something, some ticket, whatever, ask them. Ask the police officer, I, I need to have him on the stand. I need to ask him that question. How are you going to sit there and say you serve the public and at the same time you're working for a private corporation? They're supposed to have a business card. And they do. That's how you can get out of the most. 
don't officers have yeah. a business card? And and they buy it the too, aren't they? Yeah. Their badge, you know, their badge number. I understand the back of their badge may have their bonding number in the back of the badge, but they're serving two masters. You can't serve two masters. Either you work for the public, and I think you took an oath of office to honor the Constitution and all that other stuff. That's what you took your oath for. So how the hell you keep messing and stopping people and, and having them pay for tickets and everything or go to court take their cars, all the things you're doing for the corporation. That's not helping somebody constitutionally. That's doing harm to them. They are corporations, people, all of them. And something I'm going to, I'll be definitely talking about what I've done back in 2014 and what Beverly have done and another member of our group is resign from that state of Michigan. We're in Michigan. Resign. If I resign, that means that I can't even receive a bill because my address and my name is no longer uh, under my job description. My name and my address is where all the bills and the summons and the complaints and, and uh, you know, um, coupons, everything is mailed to me because I am the receiver of those items as a registered, y'all call registered, Michigan's called resident agent. I'm an employee of the state of Michigan. That makes me a U.S. citizen because I'm an employee of the state of Michigan Corporation. My all-cap name, the birth certificate, it created an agency under the state of Michigan. It's an agency under the state of Michigan, and you have the right to sign contracts representing that agency. But you are an employee, and employees of McDonald's don't, when a, a McDonald's bill come in, the mailman gives the employee, the, the cashier, the mail, and it said McDonald's on it, the employee isn't going to open it up and say, oh, let me pay this bill. That's not what's supposed to happen. You're supposed to pass it to the head of the corporation, the director or the manager of the corporation. Manager, I got a letter for you. So who is All the you manager? Find about bills? Huh? So, so who – now – let let let's understand this. Now you saying that we all are resident agents. Now every corporation has a resident agent, right? Is that is that correct? Well, they call so they call them they're either resident Michigan because Michigan want to be different, but the majority are called mm-hmm. registered agents. Every corporation okay, must okay. have a registered agent. Okay, and so and what we, what each state did, which is a corporation, each state made their people that's in that's part of that state, they made them the resident agent. Part right. of the and their job description. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our okay. job description in Michigan. Our job description in Michigan, so you can look it up, is MCL. Four five zero 
1246. It's called service of process. And it said once the agent receives a service of process, he is to promptly, promptly forward it to the manager and director or director at his or her last address. It didn't say nothing about pay the bill. There's nothing in our job description that says pay the bill. You are an employee. You don't pay nothing. You're supposed to pass it on for a year and a half for things that I did not want to pay for before I resigned. I send it to, they say, here's her last address, so let's say I got a bill for something. Then I would send it to the state treasurer. If I had a court order or a court of summons, a ticket, I will send it to the attorney general. If it's something that needs to be recorded, I will send it to the Secretary of State. Now, if it's something I didn't know who's supposed to get it, then I would send it to the governor. And I did this for a year and a half. And not once, not one time did they send something back to me saying, what are you doing? Because I would put down as reference that I'm forwarding it to you as in, as prescribed per MCL, 450.1246. They knew what I was doing. They knew what I was doing. The only thing that I would keep that I would actually pay for was my cable bill and my phone. Because my phone was only $20 a month at the time. And the phone, you know, and the phone bill, because those to me was essential, but I couldn't even, I could have got out of them as well. But the point is being that it costs, because in Michigan, MCL 450.701, that everything you send to those people has to be registered mail. They even told you how to mail it to them. And registered mail at the time was $18. And I get a lot of bills. Now I'm getting a whole bunch of bills. I was spending a bunch of $18 sending it out to them folks. Again, they never said, what are you doing, Mr. Rice? No. No, they did not tell me that. I'm doing what your law tells me to do. But then I got tired of $18, even paying that. So that is why I resigned. You can resign. Every state, every corporation Somebody says, I quit. If you quit, they can't send you a bill. They can't say you owe anything. The IRS so, in 2015 sent me. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. The IRS sent me about seven bills in 2015. And I quit. And then I and I put it in the newspaper for public notice. You gotta let everybody know. I said I sent him, I I didn't even open up the envelope. I put down there, um, re, re, rejected, um, refused because I said rejected. And it's funny that my people, my post office, they know me so good. They think I should be behind the counter. They said, Mister Rice, you can't reject it. This is your address, but you can refuse it. Oh, okay, thank you. So I wrote rejected, 
slash refuse and say, I resigned, and I put the date I resigned, and I put, gave a public notice in Detroit Legal News. You can look at it yourself. Look it for yourself under Detroit Legal News. Under public notice, put Myron Charles Rice, and you will see where I showed them I quit. And I gave it to the IRS. And then about four days, maybe three days later, I called them up. I said, did you get my letters? Yeah, you did, Mr. Wright. Uh, And I said, well, I resigned. Don't send me no mail. They said, well, they haven't told us who the resident agent is. And I said, I don't give a damn. Just don't send me no mail. And they said, okay, Mr. Wright. I have not paid any taxes since 2015. I don't even get a notice to pay taxes, or you haven't paid taxes in seven years. I haven't got nothing. I assume that somebody, and I and I propose this to Secretary of State and the Treasurer, is paying my taxes. I don't give a damn. I don't care as long as it's not coming out of my pocket. So you people who's fussing about, hey, I'm in court for this, I'm losing my house for that, and da 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 da, that is not yours. If it's a public debt, then it belongs to the United States. In Pacific, under the Title 31, USC 3123, the Secretary of Treasurer is supposed to discharge all the debts. So 18 USC 8 says all the liabilities and obligations belong to the United States. Well, that's too, that's too vague. Well, Title 31, USC 3123, gives a Pacific person pays all the debts. Now, if I give it to the treasurer or I give it to the the state treasurer, then I assume he sends it over to the Secretary of State. Or if you send it to the corporation that gave you the bill, they're supposed to send it to the Secretary of State. But, I mean, Secretary of Treasurer. Secretary of Treasurer, sorry. But that's not, not you know, that usually mm-hmm. you're going to get a lot of yada that out on that situation. Because you're not filling out the paperwork correctly. That's what they might say. Or they don't know what you're talking about. Okay. You got a bond? That's what you need to do. You, are you bonded? If you ain't bonded, then I guess you're not intelligent enough and make enough money to understand what I'm trying to do. I suggest you move me up the ladder and send me to somebody who's bonded. That's because what you are people. You keep people talking don't. to Right. They, no, they, they they're not supposed to. Most, they don't know what's going on. You got to go talk to the bonded people and really uh, write them or whatever. That is correct. That is correct, because it's the bond that you're going after. So why are you talking to a clerk or a, 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 a cashier, whatever? You can't sue them. They're employees. They're doing their job. But that bonded person, if he, if they say, I won't get the manager, and the manager will come out, and you say, are you bonded? Uh, yes. Well, I'm accepting your oath right here and now. I guarantee you're going to get a different attitude. Oh, what what can I do for you? Mm -hmm. 
the attitude would change because now you accepted their oath. You could do that verbally. I accept your oath right there in front, right there in the front on the counter. But make sure they bonded. A lot of the, even the managers ain't even bonded. They're, they're following policies. They, they're employees. They're just following the policies. We want someone who follows the law, follows the law, the Constitution. That's not that's that's what you're not talking to. You're talking to the wrong people, and you won't get any results. They're just laughing at you. Like I said, some of you people do things. I'm surprised they didn't just give you a lollipop and say, go home, child. Basically, that's what they do. That's what they do. They're calling you a sucker. Take the sucker here with you. You know, they they call people minority, and people think that they're talking about color. But they they calling no. you know is is because you don't know how the yes. system works. You're not at the age. You're not the age of majority. You can't manage your own affairs because you got a public school education. That's why they know exactly what is being taught to you. They know exactly what you know because they're telling. They have a schedule, a program. Uh, teachers have to put in a lesson plan before they start school in September or August or whenever school starts. They have to submit a lesson plan. And they would tell you, ask any teacher if they deviate from that plan, they lose their job. Ask any teacher if they deviate from the lesson plan, they will lose their job. If there are any teachers out there, Please call in. Talk to me. I can teach anything I want. Let me hear you say that. I'll send you a hundred dollars. I cash after you a hundred dollars. I cash after you a hundred dollars if you can prove to me that you can talk anything you want in that classroom. The other race. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm just going to say the call-in number here is 323-642-1586 and push the number one if you have a question for Mr. Rice uh, here. Now, I, I wanted to know, a lot of people don't understand that they are losing their homes and their cars and stuff, and they, and it's illegal because can you... Uh, again, what is good? They they are saying that the home is the goods, and they coming after. I mean, you know, how is it that they can come after your stuff? Yeah. So, what's well, the difference again, between the promissory notes and the goods? They looking at the house and the car as the goods, and and uh, and so it, can you kind of explain that to us? Yes, um, you have you have collateral. They have collateral, but if you read, if you look at Title uh, Twelve USC four twelve, the collateral is the note, the promissory note, the draft, which would be a check, the bill of exchange, which might be a money order, uh, the uh, acceptance, bank acceptance, and trade acceptance. 
those are listed as collateral. Nowhere does it say a car, a house, uh, and I don't know what they use collateral for a um, a student loan. Because I, I don't see how they could take back your education. I don't, I don't know how they would do that. But these are items that are not collateral. And you supposed to, there's a, a law, a USC, UCC a code that deal with, I know 9-210 is asking for a statement of account. You need to get a statement of account for those, uh, for those items. A statement of account they have to follow GAAP, G-A-A-P, General Acceptance Account, uh, General Accounting Acceptance Practice, G-A-A-P. And G-A-A-P, they deal with asset liability. That's all. Asset liability, asset liability, asset liability. And they have to be the same. They have to be the same, which it would be zero. So if you ask for your statement of account, you better have a zero balance on it. That is their accounting that they must do. It is required that they do gap. And let me see here. So you know, uh, under the gap, that is 12, Title 12, USC, 1831N. Gap accounting required. Again, 12, USC, 1831, letter N. And that's the gap accounting required. That will have asset and liability. Again, everything has been prepaid. There's nothing we should be paying out of our pockets. Nothing. It came from us in the first place. GM, they get money from people to Build their cars. If nobody else is getting it from the uh, the CFO, from his Social Security, to build the cars. And your car has a VIN number. That VIN number proves that the federal government built it and they stamped it. They put their little John Hancock on it called the VIN number. That is the John Hancock for the federal government. What they're giving the dealership and the price at the dealership is the taxes that it costs to build that car. The taxes on what it costs. They can't build no car for no $35,000. Are you kidding? If your car costs $35,000, it ain't what it costs to build it. It probably was $3.5 million to build it, but the taxes is what the dealership has. And when the taxes are all paid for, they would give you the title. How many people actually pay cash for their car? They should have got the title. If they can't pay the whole amount, then they give the title to the state. They require to give the title to the state. Now you have to obey the state rules. You got to have a plate. You got to have insurance. You got to have a driving license. You got those are the state rules. But if you pay cash for it, you're supposed to have the, the uh, manufacturers. Certificate of Origin, MCO, Manufacturer Certificate of Origin. You're supposed to get that, not the state. And now, guess what? You don't have to have plates. You don't have to have insurance. 
You don't have to have any of things because that's only required when your car is registered with the state of whatever state you're in. And I, and I don't understand. People, when they buy a car from a, a used car and they pay cash for it, why are you running down there and registering it with the register of deeds? I mean, a secretary of state. Or some of y'all have, what is it, motor? What is that other thing? We have D- secretary of D- state. D- D- DMV. Driver, DMV, motor, yeah. Some people yeah. got some kind, of, some kind of DMV, and they running down there registering mm-hmm. when something gets tagged and place. That is not needed. Your vehicle is private. If it's private, the police can't give you a ticket. But if you got your state on the back of your car plate saying your state, you are you not private no more. You belong to the state. For six years, I turn in my certificate of title. I put my own plate on there, and I send them an affidavit saying, this is the car I will be driving, and these are the plates I will have. Please tell your soldiers this. And for six years, oh, my God, how many times I was followed. I was followed, oh, my God. See, like every time I came out, they'd be following me, but nobody stopped me. Nobody stopped me. Then I found another method of getting rid of them is I, I drive by a donut shop. Man, they turn off. <laughs> so Dunkin' Donuts have more power than the state of whoever I'm in, state of Michigan. They pull in the Dunkin' Donuts. Get those free that's, donuts. That's their kryptonite. <laughs> right. That's their kryptonite. But it doesn't matter. The point is... There's some things that once you register it, anything that you register at the Register of Deeds belongs to the state of Michigan or your state, the state of whatever state you're in, when you file it to Register of Deeds. So if I did a land patent and I got two signatures on the bottom, it's a contract. You don't have to file it. You, it's no, There's no law requiring you to file uh, to file your car, your house, your children do not have to be filed. They are private. They're part of your private estate. So when you put it in the system, we had a lady friend, she bought a car from the Indian reservation. Now, the Indians didn't register it. What did she do when she get it? She run down to the register of uh, uh, the Secretary of State and get a little green sheet of paper, certificate of title, which is number the color title. It's not the real title. It's the color title. Now, if the Indians didn't register it, why are you going down there registering it? Now she got to go by the state rules. Yeah, now she got to go by the rules, get tags every year, have a driver's license, get insurance, all that stuff they have to do. She has to do. When you didn't have that before, you should have talked to the people you bought it from. But anyhow, okay, we've been talking over 45 minutes. Why don't we see if we got any calls? Okay, uh, I don't see any hands raised. If you have any questions about what uh, Myron Rice is talking about, this is the time to ask your questions, or even if you have a comment. If you have something to add to uh, what he is saying here, he's giving you 
the laws, uh, and and also if you in another state, whatever law that you gave that he's given you, just put your state name in there. Is that how you do it, Mr. Rice, and put the that law, like Michigan law would be yeah. the same in Ohio, but it would be under another, we are under MCL, and it might be under something else, another number. Yeah. And, and when you get in there, I guess F5, where you do you say fineness, and then you put a few key words that's in our law, and you do a, a, some key words for it and put it in, and use it in your law. Or what mm-hmm. I have done, and one I did something with Minnesota with the Sune certificate uh, called the uh, Minnesota Rule 220. Well, it's now called Myra's Rule 220 because I told Minnesota to send me a certified copy of the rule, and they did. And I put an affidavit saying it's a, it's for me. It's for my rule. I'm a foreign corporation. I'm private. Should not have some rules? So it became Myra's Rule 220, not Minnesota. So if you got someone mm-hmm. else's law, by putting an affidavit in and showing how it applied to you, and you and you give it to the Secretary of State, or you put it in the paper, if it's not uh, an affidavit that is not rebutted in a certain time frame that you put on there, becomes the law. An affidavit that's not rebutted becomes the law. So, uh, so mm-hmm. anyone asks you, well, why are you doing it? Because I got a law that says I can do it. No one rebutted it. I put it in the newspaper. No one rebutted it. So, therefore, it becomes a law. An affidavit is a statement of truth. And you got, of course, you sign in it. You have a couple of witnesses, and you got a notary. And then you're going to get that notary authenticated with the state. Now you got a whole lot of folks saying, this is your law. Mm-hmm. We do have a hand raised. Um, area code 561. Area Hello, how are you? Great, great. How are you? You have a question or a comment? Yes, I have a question. Um, I have an eviction mm-hmm. that um, they impose on me, and I'm supposed to vacate mm-hmm. by Tuesday. Um, mm-hmm. They just totally dismissed everything I said in court and all the evidence I had because it seems that the, ju- the judge and the lawyer just had a uh, relationships. So I'm just wondering, will this apply or what should I do? How should I apply this? I'm in Georgia. Okay. Well, basically, it, do you own the property? Or are you renting? I don't. I'm renting. renting. It's a corporation that I'm renting from. Yes. Okay. It's not much you can do when you're renting. Um, what you might have been able to do is doing the time for those people who are renting, uh, you need to report to the IRS that you're giving these people money because who knows that they're reporting it, the rent that you're giving as part of a tax situation, and you could possibly okay. get your money back. But there's a, there's a okay. form called the 1047 where you can get your money back. But it's hard at this point in time, it's, you know, let's say dollars short and a day late, uh, to do anything when they've already went to court because um, the judge cannot give somebody, let have someone living in somebody else's property. That's the bottom line. You know, you need to but, find your but, own house. 
Go ahead. Yeah. I was yeah. just gonna say, I mean, you can need to have she, you. Uh, can she write it off? All the money that she paid for rent every month, she uh, can she yeah. use that on her bank statement? Uh, so let's say if you was there for three years, for those three uh, years, she can write it, make it a tax, write it off on her tax, and get get that money back. She could do a yes. ten ninety nine or something. What would she have to do? Yeah, I mean, there's several ways. You can use your bank account that you took. Soon you wrote your uh, your rent out of a bank. You could use the bank and oh, I have the bank OID to the bank. Once you show them that you are the owner and not a debt, not just a depositor, but you are a owner uh, by sending them a ten ninety nine a. Uh, basically for the amount that you put in there for that for your statement. Those are things you could do. I and mean, you want them to give an OID because you tell the IRS that that um, these that you were the lender for giving the bank the lender giving it giving it to your landlord. You might be surprised at some of the things that you could do. At least you you don't lose any money. You get your money back and you can move into another place. Or you would have money to pay your rent if you did if you had did it properly, but you need to, like I said, put them on notice, put the landlord on notice with the IRS, because who knows? Are they reporting the funds that you gave them as a tax, uh, you know, as some kind of tax gains because they're getting it for free? I mean, you're giving them some funds, but you didn't report it. How do people get busted with the IRS? Because somebody reported it, and maybe some other people didn't. I once had a guy who he cut this lady grass and charged her twenty dollars. Well, he 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 took the twenty dollars and took his girlfriend to a movie, but the IRS came after him saying that this lady she put the twenty dollars as part of her uh, landscaping. That's how you get busted. That's how he got busted. He thought it was just some free money he can have, but she reported it as part of her landscaping. They have a property landscaping, and that's how people get busted. Somebody reported it, but if you don't report, I gave someone money. If I'm giving anyone money, is that not a profit for them? Right. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah, and if you're giving money out of your pocket, yeah, if you're giving money out of your pocket, then you need to report it, and and you might be able to get some of that money back. And and she probably going to have to talk to a a tax person that kind of because everybody don't know about the the ten ninety nine and how to do it. So she got probably have to talk to a tax person that know what she's talking about. They don't know either, dear. The tax person don't know any more than when you be talking to people at the at the counter somewhere. They don't know either. They only do what they were been told to do because if they knew what they do, if a tax person agent know what they're doing, none of these people are ever supposed to have their taxes done on a ten forty form. Nobody is supposed to have your taxes done on a 1040 tax form. 
Well, mm-hmm. a 1041 is one step up, but it's still the wrong tax form. The real form is a 709. A 709. And there's a book uh, uh, called a, a 6209 book. This is an internal revenue manual. Internal revenue manual. And the internal revenue is what tells the internal revenue service, the IRS, what to do. So you got the internal revenue is the boss of the IRS, which is the internal revenue service. There's a manual, 6209. And in section two, they have what they call tax classes. Classes. Your W-2, and the majority of people out here have a W-2, is a tax class five. A 1040 and a 1041 tax form is a tax class two. You can ask, and I've got an eight-year-old that says, a niece that says, hey, there's a difference between uh, a, a two and a five, uncle. I said, yeah, there certainly is. She understood. They're filing the wrong tax form. That's why you all keep on. Why you be wondering if you're ever going to get any money back? Because they're filing the wrong tax forms. If the IRS says you owe money, the first question that come out of your mouth is, what tax form did you file? What? Yeah. And then most they probably did a 1040. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Carla. That's the wrong tax form. Yeah. When you were born, you was an estate. When you died, you wasn't. You became an estate. So why aren't you exercising the word estate through your whole life? That's how you get away from paying bills. The estate will pay the bills. All you have to do, and this is what I enforce what I'm talking about by quitting, being an agent of the estate, but I'm still a beneficiary. So I still get all the benefits of Social Security, the Medicaid, Medicare, all I, I'm not I'm not getting rid of those things because I resigned. I just resigned from a certain position in the estate. How many how many positions at your job? How many positions are there at your job? Dozens, from janitor to supervisor. They're all open. Now one of them quit. They don't lose the their benefits. They still don't lose the things that they put into their social security. They just have to take it with them. You don't lose anything. and Because that's the fear people have. Oh, I'm on Social Security. I'm on Medicaid. I'm, that ain't got, that has nothing to do with your position as an agent. I told you what your position as an agent is, is just passing the bill to the people who could pay it. So you don't have to be crying about, oh, I got to go get three jobs so I can pay this bill. It's not your bill, folks. Once you put that in your head and get that public school education that we have, you got to get rid of it. You need to educate yourself in finances like those other races do. They sit there, and I know we got areas of the Jews are like, 
Greenfield and Nine Mile Road, and they could be going to school at 6 o'clock in the evening. The elves are down on Tarman and, and Chase. They go to their schools in at 6 o'clock in the evening. And what are our kids doing? Those black kids are sitting there playing basketball, playing games, baseball, basketball, da-da-da-da, not learning nothing about finances. Grown men, 30 years old, still staying at home with their parents. Come on, people. Be for real. Grown men. And I have, I have another uh, caller. Nine four nine area code area code nine four nine. Yes, that's me. Okay, you have a question or a comment? Yeah, no, I have a question for Myron. As we were talking about the seven zero nine form, um, do you know if we have actually filed a ten forty and gotten back a notice from the IRS that? Uh, possibly we may miss uh, some mistakes and we need to amend. Do you know if we're able to amend with the 709? Yes. They, they, now, they can't go to a new tax form because it requires your signature. But if you did a 709, and now everything is done on computers. So, I mean, these programs, it's like these agents don't have to do a lot of work. All they got to do is answer the questions that the 709 gives them. They're like they do on a 1040. They ask them questions and they fill it out. Well, if you did it wrong in a 709 and and uh, you sign it, then they're going to fix it. They will fix it for you. That's what the IRS do. They will fix it. So you can't say they are the Yeah. Their job is to fix it. They can fix what you give them. But what they can't do is give, go from one form to another form because they require that signature on it. And, and this is a seven, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, this is hey, saying, I just want to make a point. The 709 has a $730,000 tax credit. That means if you made under $730,000, you would get all your money back. So why would people, why would the IRS want their agents? Because if you ask me, the agents are just like police officers. They're just out there collecting money for the IRS. That's it. They know better than a police officer take, giving you a ticket so they can collect money for their corporation. That is it. Because when you talk to them about it, they want to raise hell. Like, I've been doing it for 35 years. Well, you've been doing it wrong for 35 years. If the IRS says it's, that it's a 709 is a tax class 5, a 1099 is a tax class 5, all 1099, a W-2 is a tax class five. So why are you filing things in a tax class two? They want to have a fit. Excuse me. Have a fit. I'm sure what you all need to be doing is taking them to a small claims court. And then they might change their minds. If you sue enough of them, I think they might start getting or jumping on the, the, the right the right wagon, because they're on the wrong wagon. You were born in a state, at least through a 1041. They're not even doing that. That's an estate trust form, tax form. It's got the right name, but it's still in the wrong class. 
and I like that seven hundred and thirty thousand dollar tax credit. So you don't you don't really get taxes taken from you until you make over seven hundred and thirty thousand dollars, which I could probably know that the majority of people on this call ain't doing that. I'm sorry. I hope I was able to answer your question, sir. No, that that was great. No, I had I had just filed a a 1040 with a 1099, and then I got hit with a balance due rather than getting a refund. So I was wondering if I would be able to amend with the 709. So you answered that perfectly. Yeah, and another thing, if you got a 1099, is that like uh, are you a con a consultant or a contractor for someone? Um, no, it's just like private. Yeah, I mean, I know. Now, anyone who works for somebody, they normally get a 1099 uh, from them. Uh, the problem is that where you you all keep filling, you forget this is something that the, 10, the 1040 does. Line number one, wages. We're looking at it. It says wages, tips, and other compensation. Wages is considered a capital gain. And that's not your your salary is not a capital gain. Your employer took the money out of your social that you gave him when you when you started the job. He takes the money out of your social to pay you. So everyone who get W twos, you are paying yourself to work. Now, since the employer took the money out of your estate, at the end of the year, he would have to pay taxes on what he took out. So what he does is he passes it to you in a W-2. And a W-2, again, it's got wages. There's something called a W-2C. A W-2C. You're correcting the W-2 because wages is not a tip. It's called interest income. That came from you. And anytime you make a profit or they call capital gain, corporations call it capital gain. Anytime you got a capital gain, it has to report be reported and you normally pay taxes on capital gain. But if it's labor, it should be labor because I, I, I assume the majority of people punch the clock. Then you punch a clock in. Aren't you on some kind of time schedule? You work 40 hours a week or whatever it is. Well, wait a minute. Why would I pay taxes when I've already put my, my blood, sweat, and tear in the job? I've already worked. I work for this money. And I got to pay taxes? Does that make sense, sir? So he needs to file under labor, not wages. Is that what you're saying? Yes, and the only way you can convert it to labor, and they call it federal income withheld on your tax form, federal income withheld, is that you need to get that W-2C. Your employees supposed to give it to you. They've never done it, but the, if you go and get download the form and go down to employer, there's a 1-800 number that the employer has to call so they can be taught by the IRS of what to, how to fill out that form for you. Is that that 409T or something formed that he telling the employee? No. Or is that something different? No. Okay. 
That's something different. No, it's just a okay. w, like they're giving you a W-2. You want to get a W-2C. Mm-hmm. You got to request for a W-2C. I don't know. It okay. might be late in the year right now to do that, but that's how you. That's what you need to ask for. So you uh, that converts that wages, which is again a capital gain, into labor, federal income withheld. Federal income withheld is not taxable. Because you were supposed to, I don't understand how you didn't get back that 1099. Because after 1099, because there's only one line on the tax form, it says federal income withheld from your W-2 and 1099. And that's on the payment. That says payment. That means the next section on your tax form after that is refund. So I don't even know why, why you didn't get a refund of the 1099 because the next section is refund. But if you stop filling stuff up at the top of the page where it says wages, income, and then underneath it it's got deductibles, then that, that's how you're screwing yourself up. You're screwing yourself over doing that. So if you were to ask for that W-2C, it won't ever be up as far as the wages under line one. It would be down there where it says federal income withheld that you would write that whole check because I got someone who did the W-2C called me up. The gross on their W-2, the gross on their W-2, they got a refund The whole on the whole gross of what was on the W-2. They got a refund of the whole gross. Because they got it all down as wages, but you convert it to federal income withheld. And it goes on that line, and the next section is refund. So there's no money taken out of it. So Thank you, caller. You something, yeah. The only way that the, the caller could pay something is if he had a lot of deductions up at the top. But, again, wages, tips, and other compensation. That's what it says. Your wages is not tip. It's not a tip. It came out of your estate. A tip is when someone gives you something outside of what the employees pay. You know, you got go to a restaurant, the employees got paid, they get paid from their employer, and you you left some money on the table. That's a tip. That's something other than what the employer gives you. All right, I have another call. Uh, 678, area code 678. Uh, yes. Can you, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. I hear you. We hear you. Can you hear us? Your question? Okay, she got phone problem. Call back. Yeah, she dropped off. Okay, go ahead, um. Mr. Rice. Yeah. We, with our problem is the terminology that we, we live in, and that's part of the what, public school education. They use, black, they use Webster Dictionary. Webster Dictionary is what you use in the public school. In the finance world, they use Black's Law. They use Black's Law. 
And if you ever go online and look at some of the black law, because the dictionaries are expensive. I, I've got a, I remember buying a third edition, and it cost me almost $80, and I got it from a used bookstore. And it was still, you know, uh, $80. It was still $80, even though it was used, and it was they had 10th edition now, and I got a third. But the point is that if you look at one word, um, what is, what, what, what's that word? Uh, anus. A-N-U-S, anus. We know it in Webster, they would say it's a, a butthole. But if you go to mm. Black's Law, it's an it's a, a acquisition, accusation. Someone is accusing you. So I, I assume if you put it together in Black's Law, they're, they're accusing you of being a butthole. <laughs> I look at it. <laughs> you okay, got two different definitions, uh, two different meanings. Right, right. Because you can have the same word and it means different in one way in, in the Webster and it means totally different in the black law. Same word. Okay. Terminology is so important. And in in, in when you're trying to be what I assume these people are trying to be a national. You want to be a national, the terms are different, and you better have a black law dictionary. You you can just about download all of them on PDF, so you don't have to go and buy them all. Maybe just one that you may want to look at, but the other ones you could just download them in a PDF format. Okay, I do have another call here. Uh, let's see. Where am I at? Uh, 678-779. Hello? Okay. We hear you. Can you hear us? Yes, I can hear okay. you. Okay. Um, okay. We hear you. So I want, not. I don't really have a question, more of a comment and um, mm-hmm. gratitude to Myra Rice because you were actually one of the first people that I heard mention about the uh, W2C and getting all your uh, money, your gross payback. So although I didn't, and this happened recently, so although I did not um, do the W2C, I did a Form 4852, and um, I wrote the IRS a a letter with it, and um, I did do it on a 1040. I'm still learning um, about the 709, but um, they received it on on November 6th, my 1040, because I amended my tax returns from 2019 to 2021. So hopefully I'll hear some positive feedback about how get me a nice little check about that. Okay. So I, and only again the problem the problem is when you did the 1040, did you put it down there where it says payment? Because remember now it is a federal income withheld. Yeah. So it only yeah, goes. You don't go to number one. You don't put nothing on line number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to put, I, you have to put it down there where it says payment under payment. If they, I haven't seen the, the tax form keep check. I haven't filed see so far. I haven't filed taxes since 2015, so I, I'm not in the same predicament you all folks are in. However, I once in a while people ask me, and I do have to I do download the latest form so I can look to see if it got the same thing on there. And there's only one line on all the forms, and on the 1040. Oh gosh, I forgot what the line, what the number is, but it it does state 
federal income withheld from the W-2 and 1099s. Now, I know on the uh, 1041, which you should be looking at, there's a section G, and that section G has that same wording, same wording, federal income withheld from the W-2 uh, and a 1099. So it's only really one line you all should be filling it out. However, because you have so much income, different different ways, 1099s may be there, W-2, there is, I think, a Schedule C that you have to total everything up and then move it over to that one line. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, um, yeah. Also, speaking of the 1041, if you don't have a trust, can you still do the 1041, or do you need that estate EIN? Uh, can you just get an estate EIN to do it and then start putting everything on a 1041? The, the form is for a trust or an estate. It doesn't matter. If you, 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 have, you were born with an estate, you die as an estate. So you need to be exercising that estate all the time, period. Whether you got a trust or not, you still was born in a state. That is what your state of, what state are you in? Georgia. That's what the state of Georgia and your birth certificate created an estate of your all-cap name. They created an estate of your all cap name, and I guarantee when you die, they're going to call your name out, and they're going to have the word estate after it. Haven't you seen that yet for people who died? Yeah. Yeah. You are, you die oh. as an estate. you born as an estate, but you are not exercising all the time you're alive because as long as you're in an estate, nobody can come after you or hold you personal liable. liable. If the judge no one mentioned the word, I'm only here as a personal representative of the estate. If you do that, the judge will probably dismiss the case because he realized the estate got more money than, than they ever could ask for. And they will be trespassing. See, this is what you do as an agent. I did as an agent. Anyone who asked for some funds, I would tell them, excuse me, uh, what gives you the authority to trespass on my estate? Because there's only four people on my estate. Me, the Secretary of State, the State Treasurer, and the Attorney General. The four of us is to protect the estate from trespassers. And who would be a trespasser? Anybody who say we owe something. They're trespassers. They're trespassing. So, and the majority so, uh, of the time, the third party. Go ahead. So, so if you it, so if, if you do a ten forty one, uh, and you don't have a trust, can you put your social on there, or should you go and get an EIN number and put on there a trust Actually, on the ten forty one? You can use your social, you just make sure you put it in with one dash. You The first two numbers, dash, and then the rest of it. Okay. Okay. And you can use that. Right. You can do it that way. First mm-hmm. two numbers, dash, okay. and then the rest of them. 
So that's how the EIN number is. Yeah, okay. exactly. It's, it's just it's just a format that you're going by. But the the 1040, they automatically break you down with two two dashes. That is a uh, uh, where, where people put money in and take money out of you. You are debtors. That's like first, middle, last when they do that. They make they making mm-hmm. you a debtor. What you need to do if you do a 1040 three R, you need to underneath the the line with the two dashes and the boxes, you need to put the social without any dashes. You can put the social without any dashes. That's called an exemption ID. That's your exemption ID. And the IRS knows it exists, but it's not something that's taxable. So you can, yeah. So if you don't have an EIN number, you can always use your social without the dashes. Thank you, caller. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, um, the number here is three two three six four two one five eight six. Push the number one if you have a question or a comment uh, for Mr. Rice here. And also, Mr. Rice, uh, do you have a way that people can contact you? No. <laughs> I'm retired. <laughs> oh, you're retired. Okay, yeah, well, at least, uh, at least give mm-hmm. Go ahead. At, at no, least give out your cash yeah. app. What's your cash app number? So they, if they want to send you a donation. Well, cash app is a dollar sign, kilo, K-I-L-O, the T-H-E, seller, S-A-I-L-O-R, kilo, the seller. Okay. Now, All right. So, if you do that, I know how to respond back because I might go ahead and do something if I get some kind of donation. But um, I get too many, too many calls, too many emails. I, I try not to get those out because I, I can't even see my own real ones that I really want to look at. Right. Right. And they can come. Okay. Through, they can come. They can come to you, and you can give them my number. They can give you my number their number, and you can give it to me. Okay. All right. Well, my uh, email is beverly2440 at hotmail.com if you want to uh, contact uh, Mr. Rice. All right. I have a non. Do I have a Is this? Okay. Let me see. Is this 678764? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Can you hear me? All right. Yes, we can. You're live. Okay. Um, Today I received, well, first of all, how you all doing? Good. Good. Okay. Okay, Good. We good. I received uh, uh, from the IRS, and I was wondering, Mm -hmm. is there any, it's a payment voucher. Is there any way that um, that could be signed, that I could sign it to receive funds off it? Well, if they send you a voucher, can't you take it to the bank and just cash it? I, I'm not understanding. A voucher is what you would use if you're going to um, get you, buy, purchase a car or something, a house or whatever. They would give you a voucher. So 
I would go to the bank and see if I can cash it. Okay. And they'll tell you how to sign it. They'll tell you how to sign it right there at the bank. Uh, when it when it came, all it says is cut out and return the voucher at the bottom of this page if you are making a payment, even if you also have an inquiry. And it's at the well, bottom of the page. Excuse me. It sounds like the vulture the vulture is where you gotta pay them back. Is this a vulture where you gotta pay the IRS back? It really don't it really don't go it ain't got no amount on it or anything. It don't go into detail and say. What about the page? It came today from the IRS, but it was it, before I got this one, it came I got another one and it was saying it was from the tax period, and he was saying, thank you for your inquiry, October 11th. We're working on your account. However, we need additional 60 days to send you a complete response on what action we are taking on your account. We, do, we don't need any further information from you right now. And then this one came today, and it had the voucher attached to it. And the first, the first page was saying, thank you for your response again. And then it go down and he say, we reviewed the information you provided and determined no action is necessary on your account. That that's saying that I don't have to do anything else. That's all right. No, I, I don't know. It could, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to respond with, on what information you gave us because it could be they're not going to do any action on it. But I don't okay. I don't get what the voucher is for. I, I would take it to the bank and see if it could be cashed. Okay. Okay, I'll do that. Or, or take it to a tax person. Your tax person, did you do your taxes or did someone else does your taxes? I did. I okay. did for the first time this year because I had did some um, 1099 NECs and miscellaneous. Oh, okay. Yeah. And also, I wanted to go back and ask you about that um, that ten forty seven form. Can you elaborate? Well, that's, that's what. Well, I have never seen anyone use it, but I listened to Patrick Devine, and he talks about using that for cash. That you got receipts, then that's what you could put, you know, on a ten forty form. Now you would have to go talk to someone who do taxes to see how, where that form, how is that form used uh, from someone who does taxes. Okay. So you may want to talk to a tax person in reference to what, what the 1040, 1047 form. Oh, you, said, you said 1047, right? Yeah. Yeah. My understanding, that's, how, that's for cash receipts. You know, when you get go to the store, you have a, uh, they give you a receipt. It gives you the cashier, the store number, the cashier, and the, and the cash register uh, ID. And you're supposed to be able to get your money back if you file that 1047. But oh, I, got I haven't a lot seen any, I don't know anyone who's done it. Huh? I have a lot of receipts. Yeah, we're trying. So that's, why, that's, why I did, that's why I did the... Yeah. Uh, Ten ninety nine any season the miscellaneous. Well, I don't know how that how how that works, but with at least with the ten forty seven, 
take it into a, a, a tax service, not H, not H&I Block either, somebody who knows how to do it, that may know how to do it, walk okay. it into a tax service. Okay. Because cause from my understanding, the receipts is the money, right? That's, that's, people throw the receipts away, but that's the money. Not that yeah. all money. That's how you get that's how you get paid back because the, the receipt is a um, what showing that you pay something that's been prepaid. Everything in the supermarket is prepaid. You all y'all need to be looking up the term consumer and uh, the consumer protection, which is a division under the attorney general. Because you, mm-hmm. if it's an essential service, if it's a, a essential um, good. Uh, Essential consumer goods and services. There's a list of about 15 items that you're supposed to get for free. It's essential that you have a house. It's essential that you get a car for you get to your job. It's essential that you need food. It's essential that you need your water, light, gas, all of them. Those essential services that you are not supposed to pay for. You're supposed to get it free, but you are walking under as customers. Customers pay for everything. They throw that customer word out in a minute. You tell them it's an essential consumer. Now look under the Truth in Lending Act. Look under the Fair Debt Collection Practice Act. It all says consumer. There's no customers nowhere. Consumer. Okay. And that means all your sources will be free. There is a form that you may want to look at. It's a title. 26, because it's on the IRS, CFR 1.6044-4. Okay. 26 CFR 1.6044-4. It tells the cooperatives how to be exempt. And the form they fill out, the 3491 form that the corporation must fill out to be exempt for the items that you purchase in there or they sold to you at their Mm -hmm. store. They're supposed to fill out, and that's the instructions on what they're supposed to be, to be exempt from reporting what you took. If they're exempt from reporting, you mean you could walk in, go out with $300 worth of groceries and just keep on going, not pay nobody a penny. But this is the okay. way it's but supposed that, to be. But don't she need to call ahead of time and talk to the manager or whoever or call the corporate? Because they be yeah. call yeah. the police I'm, on her. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just getting a general genealogy here yeah, of people yeah, that have yeah. done it, that I know have done it. And the point is that you do need to contact them and say, hey, I want to be, I am a consumer, and this store is going to be my uh, places that I'll be shopping at, at Costco or Sam's or somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. And they might give you a card where you just, Flat, you know, put the card in the machine and you automatically say, you're going to say zero on it or something. I don't know. It depends on uh-huh. what the store is going to do. But yeah, as a <laughs> consumer, and like I said, you got a consumer protection division under the attorney general. You need to call them up and say, hey, send me some 
rules and laws of to be operate as a consumer in this state. Okay. I'll and make that call tomorrow. Huh? That's high. I said, I'll make that call tomorrow. As high yeah. as food is, you, you know, that way. And it's, I don't think there's no limit or nothing on there. Oh, I don't know how they do it, but people are doing it. Uh, I do know that. Yeah. So it's, it's just got to know the and process. I, and I, and I was listening how they, they were saying if you a senior – that they give you a card where you get food for a year for free. They're not giving them anything that they could have got in any uh, any other way as a consumer. The stuff they mm-hmm. be trying to give you, they they won't give you. Could have got it yourself, but you just didn't know how to do it. Just like a, I know so many people who got in car accident and they couldn't get disability for the social security. They hire an attorney. The first time, and he gets them their disability. It's just knowing the right way or terms or whatever that you know. Okay. Because it don't make no sense, but that's only because you're not presenting things properly. You're still doing it as a uh, a public school educated public school educated person. But these attorneys know exactly what to do and say. And they will get you your disability. They will all in that get it. Then you get it from them. Uh-huh. But you you can do it but yourself. You, you just got to know how to do it, though. You know, what the... Exactly. Under, mm-hmm. and right, thank you, Carla. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Mr. Wright. But all these, all these things are supposed to be free. Do you you don't have that list, do you? You got that list on you? What, what list? That consumer um protect the consumer um uh, essential consumer goods and services. Let me see if it's up here. Do I have I have it here? Uh let me look on this list. Where's my glasses at? Um, and again, if you have any questions, uh, the call-in number is 323-642-1586. We do have tax seasons that's getting ready to, uh, people starting to file, at least, you know, know what, what which forms to file and, and, and things like that. And any other questions that you uh want to ask Mr. Rice while we have Mr. Rice here. Yeah, because I know everybody trying to get me to start classes. No, no, not no more. I did it, done that. I'm so tired of saying the same thing over and over and over again. Uh, okay, here it is, consumer goods. Uh, let me bring that law up. Okay, let me give you all. This is, and this has been recorded, uh, under www.lawinsider.com, lawinsider.com, forward slash dictionary, forward slash essential consumer goods or services. And there's a dash between essential dash consumer dash goods dash or dash services. Now remember goods is the item, like the car, the house, 
services would be like your utilities. They, they, they're bringing it to your house, and they're telling you, well, you got pipes and water and what is coming to your house. It don't matter. They're still free. Essential consumer goods and services mean goods or services vital and necessary for your health, safety, and welfare of the public, including without limitations, and here's the list, food, water, fuel, gasoline, housing, shelter, transportation, healthcare goods and services, pharmaceutical, medical supplies, personal hygiene, sanitation, and cleaning goods. These are lists of things that you're supposed to get for free. You, it's essential that you have these. If you don't, you get sick or you die. Or you live in a lousy life. I'm going to do it, read it one more time quickly. Food, water, fuel, gasoline. Hey, you got to get gas in your car. Housing. You need a house. You need a roof over your head. Shelter. Transportation. Anyway, you got to definitely need a car to get around. Health care, goods, and services. How many people can't afford their medicine at the pharmacy? Pharmaceuticals, medical supplies, personal hygiene, sanitation, the sewer system. You got sewer? They're trying to charge me an extra $9 a month on the sewer line in case it breaks or it bags up. Hell, you! I didn't put the pipes in the ground. What the hell you get telling me I got to pay extra for something you supposed to have done the first time? If you got good, if you put them pipes on the ground properly and seal them, it won't be coming up into my into my uh, basement. And cleaning goods. So I'm just saying, people, consumer, and it's all under the Fair Debt Collection Practice Act. It's all under the Truth in Lending Act. But contact your Consumer Protection Division under the Attorney General Office. So you can get another. I got a list. I got Michigan Consumer Laws and Rules. There's an international one that you can go for international consumer goods and services. You know, you can um, type that word in there and get all kind of rules. But specifically, you definitely want the ones in your state. Because if these people don't give you what you want, they are licensed in the state. Now they can get their license revoked and stuff like that because they did not follow the, the proper way of dealing with consumers. When you walk into a dealership for a car, what does he do? He takes you into his cubicle. You're a consumer. You're private. You're a consumer. But at, while he's talking to you and you almost got a done deal, he starts saying, well, you need to give us a deposit so we can check your credit report. What did he do that for? So he just got you from, what, a consumer to a customer because you're coming out of your pockets. Oh, you're he changed it. That's p- when he changed it. 
So he yeah. took you from free from getting it free and made you and made it that you gotta pay now. Yeah, now you gotta pay something. You you came out of your pocket, so you coming out of your pocket first puts you in another category. So we have to be very careful of what we're doing. And I believe you can go, I don't have, uh, under the definition of consumer in Michigan, or under the UCC 9-102, but we got it uh, done. Consumer, if you go to UCC 9-102, we got 440.9102W. as far as the definition is concerned, but I don't have a definition up right now. But you will see uh, anything that's been dealing with household goods and, and and things like that. Let me see if I can read something to tell you what is a consumer. I know it's for like personal items and household goods and stuff like that. Can you pull up that UC uh four four zero um four four zero point nine one oh two? Nine one oh two. Is that MCL? Yeah. Or what is that? Yeah, okay. MC, MCL four four zero because we don't have a UCC here in Michigan. MCL four four zero dot one nine oh two. But personally, because one of the things that I would definitely de- demand and from people, if they want my assistance, the only way I'm going to help anybody if I if I have proof that you resigned, because that means that you actually did take the effort of getting out of being a U.S. citizen. If you haven't, I, I don't care what I say to you, your mindset is not going to comprehend and you're not going to do it. But if you have resigned, from the state of California, state of Michigan, state of Georgia, state of Texas, whatever, then you 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 got a chance. You have a chance of living debt-free, just about, because everything they only coming after the credit of your social. The social belongs to the estate, the dead estate. So let them deal with the dead people. If you got a court date coming, forward it to the attorney general and say, here. Now, I noticed one guy said he went to court that day just to see who they brought in. And they had apparently, they bought their, they had the, the Secretary of State, I mean, the attorney general, apparently brought in one of their attorneys to represent the estate. For that case, I, I guess the case was very important, and they they brought someone in, but he was able to see who it was and talk to that person afterwards. You know. Mhm. Mhm. So he came. So that's what, he, he that's, went there just to see who it was. No, I'm yeah, just who it was. And, mhm. And 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 these, you, you know the. Oh, you want me to uh, pull up that? Uh, let me see what I got here. Yeah, I, I, I just okay. so they read it to get a general idea of what it is. 
they're looking. I'm talking about the Uniform for. Commercial Code. Yeah, well, you can, it's Uniform Commercial Code. Uh, number mm-hmm. W, go down the letter W. This is a definition of consumer. W. I don't see it. I'm seeing YY and WX. Well, YY gone t- down too far because now you're in a double, double letter, far. so you got to go back up. Yeah, you got to go back up because they are they got the regular alphabet alphabet and then they go A A B B C. You know. Okay, I see W. I see where it says uh, consumer goods. Consumer goods. Is that what you're looking for? Yes, or con- the term consumer. Mm-hmm. It says consumer goods means goods that are used or bought. For use primarily for personal, family, or household purposes. That's what I want to see. Everybody to hear that. Personal, family, household. Isn't that what we do with everything? Yeah. And we're not even supposed to be paying for this. If it's personal, if it's private. I was listening to a recording. He was at the airport. He had a suitcase full of money. Some way, you know, they tell you you got to have $10,000. You can't bring in $10,000. But the man said, I didn't come from another country. I'm in the United States. I can go from one place to another inside the United States with over $10,000. That ain't for you to be asking me. But he asked for their badge number and their ID, and they was they backed up. They, You know, you have to know what to say to them because you are private. I'm not giving you, when the cops say, give me your net, your address, your driver's license, I'm not giving you my private information, period. But you give me yours because you're supposed to be a servant. You took an oath, did you not? So where's your ID? Where's I your, your, your uh, business card? Go ahead. Okay. Um, 757, area code 757. Hello, can I be heard? Yes, you can. Yes. Hey, how you doing, Sister Beth? This is Vessel One calling from Japan. Good. Good. Okay. Okay. Brother, Brother, Brother Rice, nice to hear your voice. It's been a long time since I've heard you. I have never been able to catch up with you. I'm international, and I would like to know what I can do to protect myself from being taxed by the U.S. and how I can go ahead and unplug from the system without being in the system because I'm international. What, what can I do on my end? Well, let me ask a question. Somehow you associated with a state. State of where, where you were born at. Where were you born? I was born in Ohio. Okay, then you still a uh, state of Ohio um, employee because you didn't resign, did you? No, I, I'm, that's why I'm trying to get the the breakdown of how I can do that. 
you have to resign. Just go and stay to Ohio and look up. Just put down there in Ohio uh, to resign from a corporation because that's all you're doing. Anybody knows how to quit. But you got you can find a law that said resignation as an employee, a, a, a corporate employee. Whatever applies for one employer, applies for everybody there. That's how you want to remember. Huh? Mm-hmm. Would they call it a resident agent there in Ohio? I believe it is a resident agent, but the point is you want to quit as an employee. You are an employee somewhere, and that social, because they only tax you off your social. So, again, as I mentioned earlier, I don't know when you came in, I haven't paid taxes or even got any paperwork in about, what, 10, 10, 10 years? Nine years, 13 since 2015. I haven't got a tax yeah, I've, I've been because I don't, I don't have a social. The social don't belong to me. Now, they, this is really ridiculous. This is actually happening to me. They claim I owe taxes in 2007. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. How did I owe taxes in 2007? They sent me a bill, and it had my EIN number of my name you know, that I created, my living estate. Well, wait a minute. I didn't even open up my living estate to 2012. So how the hell I have a a social before I was even born? Because essentially when I got the estate EIN number, I was born. I was created. So how can I have something five, what, 2007, 2012, five years before? Seven years before, it, it, it was crazy. But that's how that's how so, foolish they are. I say, excuse me. So what he needs so to do is he, he needs to uh, write a letter saying that he resigned from that state of Ohio, uh, and he needs to send it to who he needs to send it to. That's why I said he need to read his own laws. Oh, okay. you know we. I don't. I don't want to guesstimate with him. He has to do his own due diligence okay. and know that, you know, you. It, it'll tell you most likely it will go to the secretary of state or you give it to the governor. It doesn't matter. It's just as long as you notify CC everybody else there, and that 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 gets rid of your because the IRS is in every every island. Still got an IRS if they got banking. They have I, I but again, they only after your credit from your social. So get rid of the social. Keep the name. I kept my name, all cap name. I kept that. I went to Minnesota. And, as a matter of fact, I got to renew my Minnesota. I'm glad I said that. I got to renew my Minnesota uh, certificate. Assume name certificate. I have to renew it. And he got to put it in the paper, don't he? Do he put it in the paper in Ohio, right, where he's from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to give him notice he that you, what you've done. Notice. Made public notice. And like I said, um, you can go to Michigan, look at mine under the uh, uh, Detroit Legal News, Detroit Legal News, and then go to public notice notices, public notices, 
and just type my name, Myron Charles Rice. I have two uh, days. I think I, I resigned. Did I do it in I got one in August and one in September. So I'm not sure which one. Because I, I put several things that I did. I think my resignation was in the one in September, September the 12th. Did they ask you Yes. Um, so my first step would be to resign and get rid of my social security number. And I have a yeah. EIN number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So if you file taxes, you file taxes, or you open it up an account. I open everything in my in my EIN number, and that was a business account. And I closed my social in my bank, and it was so funny because three months after I closed it, the bank sent me a letter saying someone was coming, was looking to garnish my account under that social. But they we wrote back to them that we don't have anybody under that social here at this bank. And then they say, do you want any money out of your business account, Mr. Rice? They were, they were being funny and at the same time letting me know that someone was after me. I haven't used my social security number in a long time. Last time I filed taxes was 2014, and I haven't filed since then. And being in Japan, we we don't need to use our social security number. And I have international bank accounts, so I don't use my social security number. But once I get rid of that number, then I have resigned from the state of Ohio, and the template for that letter is you said is at Detroit Legal News under the publication notice, right? Well, I didn't write the letter. I just told them I resigned. I don't. I don't give oh, them information okay. on the letter. I sent a letter in to them, and then once I sent it saying that I quit, um, I went to the Freedom of Information Act and said I sent this letter to the State of Michigan Secretary of State, and what I need to know what the status is. And what the Freedom of Information did is they sent me the letter that I sent to the Secretary of State, and they sent it back to me with a time stamp on it. Well, that was that's better than the green card that I got when it when they received it. The time stamp means they received it. I don't care if they threw it and put it in file 13. I got a time stamp. So that proved that they received it, they stamped it, and I got the green card. And I put it in the newspaper. It's no more way of saying I don't work for you anymore. So it's not like you're getting rid of the social. It's but you still can use it every once in a while. If you may need it, you could still be using it. But you are not receiving any mail. Read what your job description. You are receiving bills in your name. So if I can't receive taxes or bills, that don't mean I can't sign a contract with that same name because I'm not liable with my signature. And see, Michigan has a, a liability law, which is really beautiful. It's actually a get-out-of-jail-free, and it's called MCL 12.280, personal liability. And it's basically it says, neither directly or indirectly dealing with any contract, anything that I sign, any sales, any leases, anything I do with my signature is 
not my problem. Okay. It's not and my you, problem. You so look, go look at that MCL 12.280 and go down to okay. number B. I believe it's B. You also mentioned uh, international assistance. I guess that's how you, how I would say it. So since I'm international, living international, uh, my bills and everything are all coming from Japan. I, I pay in yen and all of that. So my work history since I've left the States has not anything to do with the States. So I'm not actually getting taxed, but they want me to uh, report on how much money and income mm-hmm. I'm actually making here in Japan, which I don't, but that's what they say they want from me. Yeah. But as living right. overseas, is there a way where I can get money from America even though I don't live in America anymore? Yeah, and again, that's why they say you. not only do you do, you know, there's three, four, at least four different titles you need to have or four different hats you need to wear. One is you're going to have to have one, a state with an EIN number. The other is a business to do your work for you because you're dealing with dead people. You can't talk to the dead people person as a principal. So you have what I call avatars. One of them will be the estate. The other will be your business, which could be an assume, the ANC, the assumed name certificate. The other would be a 98, which is a foreign grantor trust. So you're foreign, so you can have a foreign, use that EIN number. And last but not least, is you have a bank. You need to have a bank because every estate in, in Canada's law said you have to be have a bank, which would be your executor, and you have to have an agent, which would be your business. Those would be, which I'm just saying, those are people you will operate through. Now, if you, again, if you have made money out of the United States and as a, as a foreign, a 98, then they can't tax it. You're foreign. A 98 is a foreign. So that's how I will operate. I'm operating all these things, but I am not a U.S. citizen. But the reason they say you, because it'll tell you, as a U.S. citizen, you can make money outside the United States and you have to report it because you haven't quit. When I quit being an agent, I'm not a U.S. citizen. Okay. So uh, the estate would be a trust, basically? It's an estate. Your, your, the state owns, your state of, of Ohio is a has a has an agency called your all cap name is an agency. Okay. And then and you just the business being an agent. You, the okay. business would be a LLC. Uh it can be a sole proprietary basically. The sole proprietary okay. means that you're the only one in it. So that means if I got if you in a business and I need gas or electricity, things that I pay for, those are primary deductions that you would do on your gross income, you know, because you got a capital gain, so you're going to have to do gross income as a business. It's all called capital gain. But the fact that you are so proprietary, because that's what you can get from Minnesota, then you are going to uh, um, have 
everything you do is pretty much a deduction, just like we was reading by that consumer protection rules and stuff, things you do and uh, that you get and purchase. It's for your own personal business. And also, also, Google the UN Consumer Protection Guideline. That's for international. You probably UN Protection Guideline. UN Consumer Protection Guideline. Google that, and that's dealing with international consumer protection. Okay. And then you said 98 foreign. And then lastly, what's Yeah, a, a, nine, okay. a 98, EIN number for a 98. 98, 98. A 98 uh, EIN is a foreign. It's a foreign EIN. Okay, so I have the LLC. I have a, a bank account still that I use in the States to pay whatever little bills I have in the States. And I need to check about the state which is going through uh, some type of uh, government official in Ohio. And then I will check about the 498, EIN 498 forms. Okay. Thank you. I, I got yeah, home. Yeah, Thank you so much. Yeah, there's a state sure place. I can't think of where you public paper. Okay. Just send it to a local or some paper in Ohio itself so it would be public. Yeah, well, the one that the one in legal. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but it, it, it it's illegal news, but see that's the paper that they they put in where they selling people property cuz that's the one that everybody looks at. Whatever they use to sell your house, people houses in Ohio, that's where you want to mm-hmm. be. So that's where those people those uh, uh amnesty cases closure. and stuff, they be reading all that stuff. Or foreclose. That's where you go. Yeah, they got they got United. Yeah, they got United Nations guidelines for consumer protection. So you may want to get. I say one of the big ones you may want to have. United Nations guidelines for consumer protection. Okay. And in Ohio, when you. Like here, where do we send out? We send ours to the Secretary of State and the Attorney General when we resign and the Governor. So look and see. Yours might be the same way in Ohio. Just got to look, make sure. Yeah, no. It, it, just, it just told us, yeah, it just told us to give it to someone in administrative, which is the Secretary of State. That's the only one I send it to. She, 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 okay. The Secretary knows more than the bosses do. Yeah, okay. Secretary of State. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. Thank you so much. I got some homework to do, but okay. you got me in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they only coming after you because because your social is still clicked with the IRS because that's the only thing the IRS looks at is your social. Their job is to balance your account at the IMF and the National Monetary Fund. Well, the social is the only thing they balancing, but if you quit. Then the Secretary of State is probably going to do your taxes and balance your account, and have them balance your account instead of me balancing it. Because I, they never send me a letter to do anything when it comes down to taxes. Not a damn penny have I gotten from them saying I owe anything. Okay. Yeah, I, I 
I've been in Japan so long, all my uh, paperwork goes to my parents' house, and they haven't said the IRS has been looking for me. So I guess they're not actually looking for me. But if I step foot back onto soil back home, then I don't know what's waiting for me as far as if I end up having to try to buy a car or something like that. I don't have uh, any uh, any information on what I need to be doing as someone who's been out of the country so long as far as the government is yeah. concerned tax-wise. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like yeah. it sounds like you need you could like a, if you come in as a consumer, then you can basically I I tell people you can just why don't you just write a letter to the state treasurer because he set up in Michigan the state our state treasurer set up an account they got one point eight million dollars the day we were born and one million dollars every year we are breathing. Or, it, or or people in the in that state is getting one million dollars. So when if he's getting that much money, when the last time you would just ask the state treasurer to give you a voucher because you got an invoice from this dealership uh, on this car and you want them to give you a voucher so you can just go and pay for the car. Who, whoever asked the state, everybody want to file the ninety nine A's and all that was. Why go federal when you right there in the state gets money every single year for you? Okay. Ask the state for it. You say, excuse me, the four of us, and I say four of us, meaning you being an agent, secretary of state, the state treasurer, and attorney general, the four of us is a team for the estate, and we are to make sure that nobody trespasses on the estate. That's what the four of you are supposed to do. So you can ask the treasurer, you got a nice house and a nice car. I bet you do. How come I can't have one? Right, right. Yeah, if I do go back to the States, then I have nothing. I don't have a car in my name. I don't have a house in my name. I don't have anything other than uh, I was in the military, so all of the U.S government from paperwork from the military will go to my parents' house. But other than that, yeah, I'm basically a ghost. Are you using the VA down there in, um, where you say you at? I'm in Japan. In Japan? No, uh, is there is a yeah. VA hospital? No. I'm trying oh, to okay. get uh, my VA, VA claim. Uh, I got a claim in, and I'm waiting for them to yay or nay it. But, yeah, that's a whole other uh, bag of worms that I got to filter through trying to figure out my next move on how to see doctors, they're supposed to give me some places to go here, but they haven't done it yet. So, yeah, it's it's good to be you know, a ghost, but, you know, it has its up and down. Yeah. But it don't don't every country have an embassy that I know they got military Americans in those embassies. Don't they get some kind of medical treatment for them? For them? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They live there. They're in embassy. But, I have no association with the military anymore. So here, as far as being overseas in Japan, there's military bases, but if you're not uh, working for a base or you're not retired from the military, then you don't have what they call a SOFA sponsorship. So technically you cannot enter the base to get any of the services, even as a veteran. Yeah, 
Well, when, when Obama came in, now before him, uh, Bush said if you made over 25000 you couldn't get better uh, benefits. However, Obama came in and said, I don't care if you came in one day as a vet. You will always be able to get insurance and your and the VA benefits. So you always got able to go into a base. At least if they got a hospital in there, you should be able. You got your still got your VA uh, um, card. If not, you need to get a VA uh, medical card so you can go into the base with that card on and go to the hospital at the base. Yeah, I tried to see if I can get one digitally because they offered it, but for some reason, every time I try to get one, it says the service is not available at the moment. So I have to physically either go to Guam to get a a veteran's ID or touch down somewhere in the States to actually get it. So, yeah, uh, that's uh, something I, I have to work on as well. Try the embassy, though. Try the embassy and see if they can get it for you. Okay. You're not, a, you're not a U.S. citizen, but you are, if when you quit, you're not a U.S. citizen, but you are a United States of America citizen, but you got a passport, don't you? Yes, and I just renewed it. Okay. Yeah. Well, look on the inside. Open. Do you have it near you right now? Uh, I can get it. Uh, give me. Give Open me it half up. A second. Okay. Hold on. Okay. And I want to say that in 16 minutes, we're going off the Internet, and we'll be on the computer, I mean, on the phone as we go over. So you can call in and listen to the rest of the show, 323-642-1586, and push 1 if you have a question. So if we go over the 16 minutes, you can hear the rest of the show on the telephone. Okay. Okay, I got my passport. I got it in here. Okay. Yeah. Open, open, open up the first page. Just open up the book and see this the eagle. You see that eagle there? Yes, I do. Read underneath that eagle what it says. Uh, underneath the eagle, it's got just my information. Uh, it's the place I was born, the year. Uh, issue date? No, that's not the one. It's, no, no, that you you sure you open it up to the maybe you got a different kind of passport because on the first page, it's like on the first page, there's an eagle holding some things underneath. You say the Secretary of State of the United States of America. You know, it's supposed to tell you that you are not to be detained and that if you whether you a citizen slash national, you don't have that on there. Uh, you're not talking about the first page as far as where your picture's at, right? Not that page. No, no, no. Oh, when you first okay. open, the, open the book up, right on the cover, it should be on the page when you open it up. It should be a yeah, big old the, eagle in there. And it, it's, uh, I opened it up, and on the, hold on, let me take it out the, Maybe, maybe I'm on the wrong page. You should be the first one. Okay. Okay. It says, uh, what's it say? Uh, The Secretary of the State of the United States of America hereby requests all whom it may concern to permit 
the citizen slash national of the United States named herein to pass without delay or hindrance and in case of need to give all lawful and 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 protection. That's what it says. Yeah. Well you you're national. You're international. That makes you national that means you protected. That's my get out of jail, do not detain me. I give it to the cops when I get stopped by the cops. I just get my passport. I was in an accident one time and uh, I said, I don't have a driver's license. And, then, you know, the officer there was having a fit. I say, please call your shift supervisor. And he came. He got out the car. He came up to me and said, I hear you don't have a license. We might have to take you to jail. I'm like, here's my passport. And he get, he he opened it. He didn't even really open it up. He just touched it, gave it back to me, and got back in his car, and he left. You can't detain. Yeah. I'm, I'm untouchable. For, uh, you see what it says right there? Don't detain. Matter of fact, I used to start, get stopped and tell them, well, you're supposed to help me. Where's the nearest McDonald's? Just so I know, because I'm hungry. Where's the nearest McDonald's? Hey, give me assistance. Every time I go back home, so I can... usually get an international an international driver's license, and then that way I just drive on okay. that passport. Yeah, well, you don't need one if you got a passport. Because what is your passport? It's a travel document. And so I'm Correct. traveling. I'm not driving. I'm traveling. Correct. So I want to, I got to travel. Uh, my passport is a travel document. I can go anywhere in the world. So why are you trying to say I can't go across, I can't go from one end of the, the city to another without you trying to stop me on these public roads? I'm not sure if you know the laws here, but in Japan now they're implementing uh, what they call a my number, which is basically a social security number for everybody to have. And they want to tie in uh, all your information to this number, and it's a digital uh, card with a chip in it. But it's connecting your bank accounts, it's connecting your uh, tax information and sooner or later it's going to have your driver's license information as well and as a foreigner we have to carry with us a a residency card and all of this is supposed to be combined into this my number card so we don't have to carry anything else with you but they're trying to make it similar to how a social security card is ran so I got to figure out how to get away from their social security uh, entrapment here yeah. as well. Yeah, they, they they probably try to do that here in the States. And, and see, the key word you just said, resident. Everybody consider a resident. I have a land patent. I own 166 acres of land in the middle of Detroit. I'm, I, I am not a resident. I am a land owner. And I don't know if you could do that over in Japan and actually own the land there so that way you can't ever be a resident. A resident is the same as someone who's renting it from the state. A resident in Michigan means you, the state owns it and you're renting your house, you're renting your car, you're renting everything. Well, we, we're supposed to be able to get out of all that and say, I'm an owner. So therefore, as we the people... You all can't say what we can do. You can't make me take a shot. You can't do none of that. Because at one time, they were demanding people take shots. No, not as an owner. 
You can't make me do anything. And enough people stop well, talking about it. You can't tell a American citizen to take a shot. Well, thank you. 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 All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank us. Thank you. Better love. All right. We got to go to. We're going to go to three two three. We still got our hands raised. Three two three five nine six. Three two three five nine six. Okay. Uh, the. Okay. They just listening. All right. Um, what about if three two three two oh seven? Better love. Do you have a question? Better love. You have a question or hey, comment? Brother, I got a quick question, brother 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 Myron, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Huh? Man, it's good to it's good to hear your voice back on back on the program, man. Uh, it's good to hear from you. Well, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm visiting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we was able to get you off that boat, man. I don't know when you're going back, but yeah, I'm I, glad you, I, I'm glad I you just, made it I, home. I took it out the water last week and I wrapped it because it'd be outside, so it's all wrapped and all ready to next year. Right on, so right on. I just had a quick question. I'm reviewing this form 709, and um, I know that you've discussed with the birth certificate as far as when it does become registered with the registrar, that that's when um, the state is born and we are are um, initially uh, considered deceased by the registrar date on the bottom of the birth certificate. Yeah. Yeah, we... Yeah, we're a, we're always an agent. You're just an employee, like McDonald's. You're just an employee. Uh, you know, they they're McDonald's. No, and you just. Um, I'm talking about the death. Yeah, he's the death. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I'm talking about because oh, on the form 709, for example, it says number eight. It, if the donor died during the year, check here, and enter date of death. So when we're talking about an estate, we're, we're talking about something that's deceased. Am I correct? That's correct. So I'm just, I'm just trying to understand as far as what are are we are we stating that the the estate died on the register date that the birth yeah. certificate was produced? Yeah. Yes. And that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I, I the definition sure of the definition the definition of infant is a decedent of an estate. That's the definition of infant when you're born. Is a your infant because what you understand the body of the child goes home. It is the oh wow, what you call that that stuff placenta. that uh, placenta. placenta, correct? Placenta. That's what. Uh, 
that's what they're keeping, and that, of course, it stops moving after a certain time. It dies. They die. Again, it's not your problem. You are a living, natural person. You're natural, so that all you're doing is breaking away from the dead stuff and start living and creating your own estate, your life estate, and creating your own will. And you because a dead thing can't have a will, that's for a living person to have. And some people Thank say you. that they made you a corporation, and that's still dead corpse. Some people say that that they turned you into a corporation. It's still dealing with the dead. Yeah, well, the name is a, is considered your name and social is associated to the dead uh, uh, agency that was created when the birth certificate was created. And that's what the all-cap name is. Everything you get, your bills, everything comes in the all-cap. That's the corporation. That's the dead part. Yes. But, see, you you creating, even in the all, I got all-cap under the same name, but I got an EIN mm-hmm. number. But if I'm living, then this is considered a living estate because I'm living, and these are my representatives. I have to, for to have a valid estate, you must have an executor and an agent. And that's under Canon Laws 2024, uh, I believe Article 99, that deals with uh, estates. But the, the 706, if you die, the 706 is for someone who passed, who's dead. The 709 is for the living person. Of course, they're still looking at you being dead, the five under someone dead, but they know there's a natural person who has to sign it. Okay, okay. And I don't Thank know, and I don't know all the, and I don't know all the details. But Myron, isn't some people going to uh, the uh, Social Security office and make and having them to sign a form saying that they're living and that they're not dead? That's one way of proving that uh, you at the age of majority that you're alive, that you're a living person. Yeah. Yes, you know, Social Security could do that too. But go ahead. He had a question he was asking. Well, go ahead, sir. No, no, you, you already confirmed. You already confirmed my question for me. I, I just said thank you. Uh, I, it's, I'm glad to hear you back, and um, I, I do appreciate your time. And thank you for okay. calling. All right. Thank you. Okay. okay. Anyone else? Uh, no, I don't see any more. I think I got all the hands that's raised here. Um, yeah. So, uh, okay. okay, Mr. Rice, and uh, we got a couple of minutes left. If you want to close out or anything you want to say. No, I, I just want to. I really want to emphasize, people. To, to not be a U.S. citizen, because as long as you're an employee of the state, that's what your title would be. You know, if I work at McDonald's, I'm a McDon- McDonald's. You know, I work for McDonald's. I want to get away from the United States and get under the United States of America. That means I'm under Michigan State and not the state of Michigan. The state of Michigan is a corporation. 
Michigan State is the Republic, not and not we're not talking about the, the voting party, part of the Republic. There was a good movie, um, the Alamo, and it had a uh, um, John Wayne in there, and at the beginning it, it showed Travis asking John Wayne to try to join him at the Alamo, and he John Wayne talked about what it is to be uh, uh, a sovereign, to be a national, what it is to be part of the republic. He's only say it chokes them in the throat just to say, because you were free. People, men were free to do and everything they want as long as you wasn't harming other people. That was a very good movie uh, at the Alamo where they're trying to re- they're trying to argue and uh, are trying to win to be a part of the Republic of the United States. Every state was a country. You was a Michiganian, an Ohioan, a Texan, but and I'm a Michiganian. I'm a Michiganian. I'm not a U.S. citizen. I'm a United States of America citizen. I am a Michiganian of the Republic. The corporations have kind of covered that all up. We need to get back into it again. And when you so get that's a house, what they did. Have a go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead with the house. No, go ahead with the no, house. I'm just saying, when, when you get a house, you don't own a house. You're still a residence here. You have to accept the warranty deed. I don't care how many years it was when it was put out there, but all those quick claim deeds is only a, a possession of the home. You're only in possession of the home. But you got to go back to the warranty deed and accept that warranty deed because there's only one signature on it, and that's the seller. You put an affidavit on that warranty deed when you're accepting it so you can sign it. Now it's called a common law contract because it has two signatures attached to that warranty deed. You use the warranty deed certified as a uh, uh, an exhibit with your affidavit stating that you accepting it and you living there and it's your primary home, things like that, is making it into a contract. And you're going to sign it, maybe get a couple of witnesses and have it notarized, and even then you may want to get it authenticated with the Secretary of State who's saying that this notary is in good standing. Then you're going to record it back at the Register of Deeds, and it will replace the warranty deed. Now you got a contract between two people. It's called a fee simple homestead situation. You got a fee simple homestead situation. You're no longer a resident. You are a landowner, really. Now you can go to the Department of Interior and give them your um, partial number, the partial number of your house and get a land patent for that property under a partial number. Now they got meets and bounds, which usually I got meets and bounds, but I had, I got about, oh my God, maybe 25, 30 blocks. I got an area under the meets and bounds. I have got a whole area that I own that I have a land patent for. But you all need to get one at least for your house. Now, nobody can ever say you owe anything, period. 
you know, because even though what you're saying, that people that even if they have paid their house off, they still don't own it. No, no, you do not. Because you you could take that your house, go down to the register of deeds, and ask them to give you a sheet of paper on this address where my signature is on the bottom. They say it don't exist. There's nothing you sign. Oh yeah, your name is typed at the top of the warranty deed, typed, but the only signature the seller of it. It's called administrative law. They do administrative law all the time. They only have a uh, uh, terminating a uh, what is it? One person's signature. An no, agreement. That's an agreement. Yeah. agreement. Mm-hmm. Agreement. All they have is an agreement under administrative law. It's an agreement. Because it's only got one signature. But when you got two signatures, it's really called a common law contract. So if it's a contract between two people, how somebody else is going to come in and say, oh, you owe this property taxes, you owe this mortgage, you owe this? No, this is a contract. You you can't, because the warranty deed is the person who owned the land. That's why you got to go back to the warranty deed. And guess what? If you lost your house, go get the warranty deed. First in line, first in time. And put an affidavit on it. Whoever living there got to get the hell out of Dodge. That is your land. Because you got two people. Fee Simple Homestead. That's so important. So first of all, I want to quit. If I quit, I could be anything I want. I definitely not a U.S. citizen because that's what I required to be. That's not required, but that's one of the requirements to be a a registered agent, an agent for the corporation. So if I quit, I could be anything I want, international, national, anything I want to be, I can be Indian, sovereign. I can be whatever I want. I do have another hand supposed- raised. Okay. okay. This is I have another question. Uh six seven eight seven seven nine. You have a question? Yes. Um I'm hearing Myron talk about the land patents and I I actually mm-hmm. got a land grant but um I haven't anything with it yet. I I hear people say um like, I guess there's discrepancies between, like, because the land grant that I have has 202 and a half acres. So I can actually claim all that 202 and a half acres, not just the quarter of an acre that my house fits on. Correct? Correct. And there's a way you have to do some kind of adverse possession to get the rest of the property in that area. But, again, most people don't even know about it. In my area, most of the houses are rented. They they rent it out. The owners don't even live in the city. They move somewhere and they rented it out. Because I was telling people, hey, I got a land patent. Uh, where's your, why don't you call your 
landlord, I ain't telling him anything. I don't care about him. I don't even live in him. I'm paying rent. That's the only thing I care about. But, yeah, I got 166 acres signed by Andrew Jackson. You got that right. So I got, I got, I can automatically do uh, not just my house. I already got that that I recorded at the Register of Deeds, but I could go and use an adverse possession and get the rest of those homes in the neighborhood. The only reason I haven't got into that yet is because of the fact that I don't, I can't do it by myself because the state, I could tell everybody in that area, don't pay no taxes. Don't pay no property taxes. I own this property. And that would probably put a, that would just put a bullseye on my head. So I'm not going to, when I get a, a group together and a, uh, a trust or some kind of a business, then we're going to be going there and they tearing houses down and stuff. Thank you. So I might put some trailers up in there. I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, now, now, how would I find out what this 202 and a half acres covers? Because on my land grant, all it is is a box. It's like, it's, it's, and then it's you should have got it from the um, uh, Department of Interior. I got mine from the Department of Interior. They sent me two two signed contracts. Uh, Joseph uh, Powell was the guy that bought the property from the president back in. 1824, you know, it was all written up in that weird English writing and stuff. And then they oh, gave yeah. and they gave me the uh, the pat the, the the land. I got it down at the county. See, I had to get the the uh, meets and bounds and the northwest corner and all that. That has to be down at the county somewhere in the basement. Usually, we have that, and it, it has to be something that was given out back in 18 the 1850s. Before they oh, start okay. putting um, land, see, they, then they got into uh, land disc- legal descriptions, and legal descriptions is this where they were trying to break it up so they can build houses on it. But you got uh, uh, a meets and bounds where you got a whole the whole area, not just a little boxes inside of that area. So I got mine um, from the Georgia State Archives and the land the land archives or whatever the building is. So. Um, you have and, to you have to accept it. You you have to accept it, just like you would a warranty deed. They're giving you okay. something, whatever they give you, you have to accept it. I did put it in a newspaper. Okay, but I mean, you showed them that okay. you got they got something saying, and maybe filed it back down to wherever they whoever gave it to you. You accept it and give it back to them. Oh, expecting to give it back to the Georgia State Archives? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, because what it does is shows there's a new record involved. If someone else came in and tried to ask for that property, they have oh, your stuff on okay. on file. Got you. Okay. Okay. No, I I didn't do that. Yeah, that's the whole that's the whole point of accepting the warranty deed. And then you're gonna refile it back at the register of deeds so if someone else come along. Uh, thinking they can get it off of some kind of taxes or whatever, they go down there and they're gonna see your signature. They're gonna see the the seller's signature, and just walk away, walk away. And she got it from the archives. She still can do that. She she got it from. They gotta keep the they gotta record kept. If she got it from the archives, and somebody else can go down there too, and this and she's showing uh-huh. them. They're not because they're not gonna say anything. They don't know. They gave it to you. They don't know what you done with it. Right. Okay. So, 
and what I should probably attach with it is the affidavit I got from the newspaper as well, right? Well, the affidavit that you wrote on there stating your usage of it, that you are the, the uh, you know, owner of it, living there or whatever, is part of your property, personal property. You know, you just think that you use the same description that you, you use in, the, in that acceptance. You sign it. The whole point is you sign it, you have witnesses, and you have it notarized, and then you take it to your state to have it authenticated. Oh, okay. And then give it back to them. The object is that you you it, it's it's under um, I guess the UCC nine dash three o three, where you are prioritizing and perfecting a certificate of title that was given to you. You was given some kind of certificate of title, so you can mm-hmm. perfect it. You have to do authentication on it and stuff. Mm. That's under the UCC nine dash three o three. And then it states on there, on that part B, that uh, once you have purchased it and, and everything, that the issuing jurisdiction ceased to be in existence. So whoever gave it to you, theirs become void. And yours is the new stuff in town. You're the new sheriff in town. So that's who they have to deal with. That's why people authenticate their birth certificate. And you and you have to give it back to the Secretary of State, the registrar, so that the next person come along and they want to use your credit on your so uh uh I'm sorry, but I, I own this you and I, I don't want you to use it. So you're the new sheriff in town, you're in control. You are now considered at the age of majority. And that's what it says. On a Myron's Rule 220, because I accepted it. It's not Minnesota anymore. I, I accept it for myself. And it says once you give it back to them, the registrar, which would be the state registrar, will recognize you at the age of majority. You can handle your own affairs. Okay, caller. Thank you. Thank you. All You're right, welcome. Mr. Rice. <laughs> So uh, thank you again uh, for the information, Mr. Rice. And I do have your cash app is on the page. Uh, so if you want to send a donation for the information, and uh, that yeah, way you can get in touch with them too. Go, go ahead. Cause you can, they, can't they leave yeah. a, 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 note, a message or something? Yeah, well, I'm just saying, um, I don't even know if I get a message on cash when I receive anything. But oh, I, I'm just okay. stating if you have if you haven't resigned, if you you I don't think you're serious. If you, I mean you come on, if you work for co- uh, for a corporation, then you have to obey the corporation rules and regulations, even though you're in another country. Yeah. You still gotta you, policy. you still gotta report yourself. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So get out. You got to go by their policies. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Get out of it. And write your own. Now that you out, I'm out. They don't bother. I, man, I don't get bothered. Uh, anyone send me anything? I even I open up the, liver, uh, the letters because I know one time the IRS actually sent me a check for some reason. And I don't know why, but they, I got some money. But even if I didn't like the letter or if it wasn't, if it dealt with something that dealt with the social, I would tape the letter back up again and put right down open in air 
and then refuse, rejected for cause, and then put the, the uh, uh, resignation, agent resigned, and put the date I resigned on there, and the date of publication, public notice, and then I put that date on the envelope. I could got a stamp now. I just stamp it, you know, and write return to sender. Give it back to whoever sent it to me. I'm not going to waste a stamp on them. I'm not wasting nothing if I don't have to. Right. Return to sender. Well, okay. Well, thank you, uh, all right. Mr. Rice, for all of your information. And uh, thank you for um, giving us your time. And I want to thank everyone for listening. And better love. Better love, everyone. All right. Well, thank you. Trying to make it the only push you aside. 